Hi, Calling family. This is Pastor Michael, and welcome to our church podcast. I'm so grateful for you tuning in today, and I believe today's message is going to strengthen your faith in Jesus. Welcome home, everybody. We believe that this church is a home for you, your family, and uh, we're family around here. I'm going to my scripture that I'm preaching from today. We are going to be today, summer in, or starting today, summer in the Psalms. Say it with me, summer in the Psalms. All right. I'm going to be preaching from the Psalms in the next couple of weeks. How many of you are familiar with the book of Psalms? How many of you heard of the Psalms? It's okay. And honest, we're an honest church. We're an authentic church. Can I say amen? All right. If you're looking for a dishonest church, you may be dismissed. All right. If, if you don't know the Psalms or you're not very familiar with the Bible, I want you to raise your hand. It's, it's okay. It's okay. Because I want you to know that I'm going to teach you. That's my role. That's my job. All right. Awesome. Okay, I want you, over the next few weeks, I'm going to be teaching you scripture. Part of my gifting, I believe, is yes, I, I like to preach, I like to get excited, but I also like to teach. Because watch this, the word of God is so powerful. I talked about this last week. The word of God is alive and active. It is sharper than any two-edged sword. It is more powerful than any bomb. It is more powerful than any bullet. Come on, somebody. And so I'm going to be preaching and teaching, exhausting the scripture. So we're going to do some summer reading and some summer studying in the book of Psalms. All right, and let me just give you some, uh, some facts about Psalms. Psalms is an interesting book. It's a beautiful book. In fact, when we l- read the verses of the passages of Psalms, actually it's lyrics. The book of Psalms is, bu- is poetry and it's actual music. So when you're reading it, it's not just pa- words, it's actual lyrics. All right, it's beautiful music. I love the songs because it's so authentic. It's so real. One moment the psalmist is talking about joy. And one moment the, the psalmist is talking about happiness and God's love. The next moment he's talking about, God, where are you? God, I feel fear. I feel pain. The psalms is very human. The range of emotions in the, uh, in the book, we can connect with it because it's so authentic to its core. It talks about faith. It talks about how people struggle in their faith. Read Psalms 42, all right? So I'm going to be exhausting and teaching from this in the next few weeks, and I believe it's going to touch your life. There's one scripture that I'm going to be teaching from today that just touched me the other day, and it says this in Psalms 16. We're going to be Psalms 16. All right, bring your Bibles, by the way, or your, or your uh, iPhone. I want you guys to read. Or we have a giant Bible up there. Up there. I love how that looks. I should just read it from there. No, I'll read it from here. I like it better. Here we go. Ready? Psalm 16, a miktam of David. You know what a miktam means? I don't know. All right. A lot of people don't know what these, uh, scholars don't really know what these, uh, uh, Selah is one of them. These actually mean. One of, verse 1, it says this, keep me safe, my God, for in you I take refuge. I say to the Lord, capital L-O-R-D, this is a name. In Exodus chapter 3, we discover God's name because there were many gods in the ancient Near East. I say to the Lord, capital L-O-R-D, Yahweh, you are my Lord, Adonai. Apart from you, say apart from you. You, I have no good thing. I'm going to be teaching on this. I say to the holy people who are in the land, they are the noble ones in whom all my delight. In other words, that's like saying the, peop, the faith-filled people in church are my companions and I delight in them. I delight in you. God delights in you, people of faith. Come on, someone. Verse 4, those who run after other gods, little g, 
will suffer more and more. I will, I will not pour out libations of blood to such gods. That tells you what worship looked like for other people. Actually, human sacrifice was a form of worship to Molech, to other gods, all right, which was a, a, a perversion, which God hated. I will not pour out libations of blood to such gods or take upon their names on my lips. Lord, you alone, watch this, are my portion and my cup. You make my lot secure. The boundary lines have fallen for me in pleasant places. How many of you want to be in a pleasant place today? Surely I, de- I have a delightful inheritance. I will praise the Lord who counsels me. Even at night, my heart instructs me. I keep my eyes always on the Lord with him. Say, with him. I'm at my right hand. This is a seat of authority and a place of honor. At my right hand, I will not be shaken. Therefore, my heart is glad and my tongue rejoices. My body will rest secure. This is a prophecy in the New Testament. The New Testament writers will reach back in the Psalms in regard for Jesus Christ raising from the dead. In fact, Acts chapter 2, the very first sermon preached ever, Peter will reach back and use this verse to uh, reveal uh, uh, that Jesus Christ is the risen Lord and Savior, the Messiah, that the scriptures have been talking about in the Old Testament. Verse 10, because you will not abandon me to the realm of the dead, nor will you let your faithful one see decay. And I don't know about you, but I just have to stop for a moment. It's not in my notes, but aren't you grateful that you serve a God that has an eternal destiny for your life? That this world is not all that, it, that there is, that there is more in store for you. That if you're experiencing emotional death, emotional pain, or one day we will die, but the gospel says even though you die, you will live. Come on, someone give the Lord a praise. God is good. God is faithful. You will not let me see decay. They're talking about us, the church, the bride of Christ, whom he was pierced, brutally murdered on the cross, and on three days rose again from the grave. I'm so grateful because my dad passed away. I'll talk about that. When he was 40 years old, I'm approaching that number. Oh, my goodness. All right. I know that one day I will see him again. In this life, my daughter, my son will never meet him. But thank God that there is eternal destiny for my, uh, uh, that they will meet my father one day in heaven. And in that day, a lot longer than this time frame. Come on, somebody. All right. I don't know about you, but if you're struggling with depression, just marinate on this. The God that we believe in and the God that we serve is not a God of death. It is a God that imparts life now and forevermore, okay? Don't be discouraged about what you see on the news, 10 o'clock news, Fox, uh, Good Day LA. I don't know. Whatever floats your boat, all right? What blogs you read, there is hope in Jesus Christ and there is life forevermore. Amen? Somebody say amen. Therefore, my heart is glad and my tongue rejoices. That's what I just did. My body will also rest secure because you will not abandon me to the realm of the dead. You will not uh, let your faithful ones see decay. You make known to me the path of life. You will fill me with joy in your presence with eternal pleasures at your right hand. Let's pray for the scripture and the message today. Would you mind if I just go to my knees and thank my God? Come on, somebody. In fact, as I go to my knees, I want you to stand as we pray in God's presence, all right? Let's stand for for the message today, for what God wants to impart. I'll never forget, I had a theology teacher at a 7.30 a.m. class, Mr. Dan Stewart, who was a legend in, in, 
in the Foursquare Church, and at 7.30, we had crusty eyes, and we were still, like, sleepy. And he'd bring his guitar out, and he said, let's change our posture before the living God, the almighty God. Come on, somebody, amen. Because right now there are angels. My dad is in heaven rejoicing. There are powerful things going on. There are great things going on just because we, uh, even though we can't see them. So I'm going to go to my knees. Father, in the name of Jesus, I just thank you, Lord, for what you're doing in this church. Father, thank you for what you're doing in my heart. I thank you for what you're doing in the heart of your people. Father, you are our hope. You are our only source. And without you, we have nothing. And so, Father, I just pray that you would speak your word today, that it's not me, but your Holy Spirit, that it would inspire, help the broken, help the hurting, help them to see the light, help them to see that you're alive and well, help the church understand, God, that, you're, that, that you are well and that you care for your church and that you're here for your church and that you bled for your church. Father, I pray that you would change countenances. Father, I pray that you change perspectives. I pray that you alter mindsets. I pray that you set people free by the power of your spirit and your word. We pray you bless your word today and that I would get out the way, Lord. In Jesus' name, everybody said amen and amen. Give the Lord a clap as you go back to your seat. Recently, I was <clears throat> asking for the uh, asking the Lord for a uh, answer to prayer, and not too long ago, He led me. But I'm sorry, sorry for like interrupting right now. Does some? Do you have something I can hold this fan? Jovan, can you move the fan maybe toward them? It's blowing the. There you go. All right. Sorry. Awkward moment. I say awkward. Anyway. All right. Uh, 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 recently, I was praying to the Lord, asking for an uh, answer to prayer, and recently I was led to Psalm 16, and that has uh, led me to preach uh, in this uh, this. Uh, series called Summer of Psalms. So in the next few weeks, we're going to be studying the scripture in the Psalms, having some uh, study. I want to go deep. I want to talk, talk to you about the Hebrew. I want to talk to you about the culture. I want to talk to you a little bit about hermeneutics because that's where we draw the power uh, from, so to speak, in the scripture, all right? Psalm 16, a beloved passage, an amazing passage of scripture. I believe it's going to touch your life and uh, over the course of the next few weeks, I may go into Psalms 1 and Psalms 27, uh, uh, some powerful psalms. Actually, one of the, uh, one of the longest books in the Bible, uh, around 150 chapters long, it'll bless your soul, all right? So I want to teach you today from Psalm 16. Uh, psalm 16, the, 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 the uh, theme of Psalm 16, and it's, it's kind of hard actually, as I read and studied, psalm six, Psalms in itself is a, is, is a wide range of themes, all right, compiled together as a songbook to bless God's people, to encourage God's people, to be honest about faith and practice in life. But Psalm 16, the theme of it is actually trust, say trust. It's trust and confidence in the Lord. Let me say that again. The theme of Psalm 16, actually the author is David. Not all of the book of Psalms is written by David, all right? About almost half of the book is written by David, but there are actually five or more authors, all right? Ezra, actually Moses, and the book of Psalms actually spans over probably a thousand years, centuries and centuries, beginning with the life of David and ending in the post-exilic age, all right, does any, shoop, all right, anyway, <laughs> a little history, all right, during the second temple is when it was compiled, put together, all right, as the book of Psalms, all right, but the theme of Psalm 16 is that it is, a, 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 the theme is trust and confidence in the Lord. 
Today, I want to teach you five principles, five reasons to be confident in the Lord Jesus Christ or to be confident in God. I want to ask, today, ask you this morning, wherever you're at in your faith or in your life, are you confident? Say confident. Are you confident about what God is doing in your life? Are you confident about what God is up to in your heart? Some of the reason I, I believe God wants me to speak about this today is because I think a lot of times, just with the, with the times we're living in and just how busy we are and the things that we go through in life, I think a lot of times we lack the confidence of God in our life, in our hearts. You might be sitting here today and you might be asking, God, where are you in my life? God, I have followed you, but I don't see you. I don't see what you're up to in my life. God, this feels like a maze right now, and I'm asking for clarity. And I'm asking for peace. Maybe you're discouraged today. Maybe you're broken. Maybe there's an area of hurt in your life, and you lack confidence and trust in God because of a circumstance in your life. But watch, Psalm 16 is going to bless your life. Come on, somebody. God, you're going to leave today here confident that God is for you. He's with you. And he loves you, all right? And we're going to open up with chap, uh, uh, verse 1. Watch what David says. Uh, or here's number 1. And I'd love for you to take notes or watch this during the week online, all right? By the way, let's give a clap to online. Those who are watching, we love you, all right? Give them a bigger clap. We love you. We thank you. And we're not jealous of you being in AC right now. Not at all, all right? No, I'm just kidding. Verse 1, he says this, and I think it's going to touch your heart. He says this, watch. Keep me safe. Say safe. My God, for in you t I take refuge. The author of Psalm 16 is David. And if we know anything about David, he wasn't always a king. He was the least in his family. He rose up in ranks in the, in the army of Israel, in King Saul's court, so to speak, because he was a faithful man or boy of God. All right? There came a place in his life where he was perhaps maybe even an older teenager or a young adult. Where he was so faithful, he did everything that the king had asked of him. And one day he was anointed and, and called to be king to replace King Saul. But King Saul, his predecessor, was evil. He was jealous. He had a lot of things going on in his heart. And much of David's life, he was on the run. He was a fugitive. And mo mo a lot of David's life, he was hiding in caves. He was hanging out in the desert. He couldn't go home, all right, where he grew up because he was constantly being chased like a dog being hunted to be killed by bands of armies. And watch, this brings it to the scripture to life when he says, keep me safe, my God. Because every day he was constantly under threat. Is there someone here today that you feel like your life is constantly under threat? Maybe you don't have someone chasing you or plotting to murder you. But maybe you have the devil in your mind and he's, he's sowing seeds of evil in your heart. Maybe like you, you fear that you're going to die at a young age because maybe you've seen things in your family or people got diagnosed with certain things in your family and, oh, God, that's going to happen to me. Maybe, you live, uh, maybe you're at work, you just have some adversaries there called your boss. No, I'm just kidding. Or coworkers, all right. Keep me safe, my God. Over the years, you know, my dad died at 40 at a kind of a rare form of cancer. And one of the struggles that I've had in my life is that, that I was going to die too. One of the horrific things that I've seen in, in my life is my dad not being there to be able to raise the kids. And my sister, who was just a young 12-year-old little girl who needed desperately a father in her life. And that 
I didn't realize that that had messed me up on the inside. And let me tell you, fear is a real thing. And let me tell you, fear is a demonic spirit sometimes that will mess with you. I can't tell you how, how over the years God has given me breakthrough in this area because he helped me to see what I, what's really going on in my heart. That ultimately I don't want to lose my family. And watch this, just because I am my dad's legacy, it doesn't mean I have to have the same history as my father. Come on, somebody, say amen. All right? I don't know what you're going through, but maybe you fear your life is in danger. Maybe every time you step into the doctor's office, and maybe, maybe it's just bad allergies and you're fearing like you're going to die. Maybe you're just, it's a report and you're hanging on to life. But watch what David says, keep me safe, my God. In the Hebrew, this means El. Say El. El Elohim. It means power. Say power. I told you we're going to study today. Come on, someone, all right? God means El. And in the ancient Near East, everybody knew the name El. Because they had their own gods, but when they, met, when they heard the title El, it means the most powerful God. Come on, somebody. I want to let you know that God has the power. Say power. God has the power to keep you safe. Because not only is God a healer and a provider, God himself is a protector. Come on, somebody, in Jesus' name. Devil, you're not going to get me out of my firm stance in God. Devil, you're not going to get me out of the pry God's arms open and get me out of his protection. For in you I take refuge. Come on, you, are you guys awake out there? Come on, somebody, all right? I'm preaching better than you're talking. Else. <laughs> Watch this. God is a fortress and a shield. He's your protection. Say protection. When fear comes your way, and let me tell you, demons are real. They come in the form of fear, panic, and anxiety. You need to learn to get into the arms of the Father, take refuge in God. Psalms 27 one says, uh, what is it? I'm totally blinking out now. It says, the Lord is the light of my salvation. Of whom shall I fear? The Lord is the stronghold. Say stronghold. Of my life, of whom shall I be afraid? In other words, God himself is my fortress. You ever seen a fortress before? I went to Disneyland one time, all right? And I seen uh, Tom Sawyer's Island, all right? You guys been there before? Maybe not. Okay, you got to need to get out soon. No, I'm just kidding, all right? And Tom Sawyer's Island, uh, there is a little bit of a, a, a western fortress all right? It means that you're protected in God. Come on, somebody. God wants to be reminded that he's going to keep you safe. He is the most powerful God out there, all right, so to speak. He loves you, all right? And watch this, your family history, uh, legacy, so to speak, whatever your fat parents died from, it don't have to be you. Come on, somebody. Your story is different. Someone say amen. In fact, when I have battled that before in my home, I get down on my knees and I start confessing that, God, you are my pro. I make sure the devil listens and understands who I am in my father and then I'm safe in my father's keeping. Somebody say amen. All right. God is your protector. Think about David constantly living under threats. All right. He is your protector. Number, so number one, you can be confident that God will keep you safe. You are safe in his arms. Say safe. You believe that today? Number two, I can be confident, say confident, that God, is, uh, that God is in my life because there is good in my life. 
Look what he says in verse 2. I say to the Lord, you are my Lord, Adonai. Apart from you, I have no good thing. I love what the modern English version says. I have said to the Lord, you are my Lord. Now watch this. My, welf- my welfare has no existence outside of you. Some of you are looking for God. Some of you are curious, you know, some, I don't like about you, but I, I like watching TV at times, and I have three remotes. I have one that turns on the cable. I have one that turns on the TV, and then I have one just for my sound bar volume. And every day, I lose almost one of them, all right? I don't know if you're like me, you're just looking around, panning around, Curry, where did that remote go? Hope, I know you took the remote. No one took it. It was my fault. I misplaced it. You know what I'm saying? I think we often treat God like a TV remote. We know it's around here somewhere. I know I just misplaced it. Come on, someone. Now watch this, all right? You can be sure that God is in your life because there is good in your life. And if you want to see where God is up to in your, your life, just look at the, pay attention to the good in your life. Come on, somebody. Because the Bible says every good thing comes from the Lord. Give the Lord a clap. Some of you are questioning. Watch this. Some of you are dealing with anxiety and depression. God, God, where are you? And God's like, man, I'm in your life. Don't you see that good thing? But watch this. You're paying attention to the wrong thing. And you know how to, you know how to, to, to get out of depression, so to speak, to defeat those spirits? You need to take time. Say time. You need to take five minutes every morning or every evening just to say, thank you, Lord. And watch God say, what are you thankful for? Well, God, thank you for my kids. Well, God, thank you for my income. It might not be the income that I want, but God, thank you that I got something coming in. God, I might not have the house I want, but God, thank you for where I live. God, thank you. Uh, I might not be where I want to be in my life, but God, thank you for where you placed me because I trust you. God, you are up to good in my life, and I know that you're in my life because there is good in my life. Somebody say amen. We, we, we often deal with depression and discouragement because we're focused on the wrong thing. But God wants you to focus on the right thing. As much as the pains that David went through in his life, what, look at Psalm 16. He's paying attention to what God is up to, not what he's not up to in your life. Come on, somebody, in his life. I say to the Lord, you are my Lord. You are my Adonai. Adonai means authority. You are my authority. I, 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 I'm subservient to your authority. And apart from you, there is no good thing. Come on, somebody. I am blessed. I'm blessed. I have good things in my life because God is with me. Number three, I can be confident, watch this, that if other gods or idols occupy the throne of my heart, I will be left wanting, hurting, and empty. Look at verse 4. It says, those who run after other gods will only suffer more and more. The, pa- the Passion Translation says, I don't have to give in to my weaknesses. The Voice Translation says, all the while the despair of many who abandon your goodness for the empty promises of false, false gods increases day by day. In ancient Israel and the Near East, there are many gods, gods of the hills, gods of this, gods of that, god of wilderness, god of this, all right? And what the Bible is saying or what David is saying, that if you, see, what's the first commandment? You should have no other god besides me. God loves us. He wants us to make him our everything. But watch this. Idolatry and serving other gods is just this. Your heart, there's a seat, there's a throne in your heart. And what God is saying, if there's anything else that sits upon the throne of your heart, becomes idolatry. 
Because that place was only created for and reserved for Almighty God. Because he fashioned you in his image. Because he died for you in your place. He loves you and cares for you. Can I ask you a question right now? Don't say it out loud. Don't raise your hand. But what is occupying the throne of your heart this morning? Don't give up your, the throne of your heart to empty gods and their empty promises. Sure, these gods might not, we may know, okay, they're not the god of the hills. But how about drugs? How about alcoholism? How about pornography? How about fame? How about Instagram? How about just being light? Come on, somebody. Watch this. The God of greed will not save you. Money will not help you. Sex will not help you. Obtaining a position of power or a title won't help our heart. Having attention or the spotlight will not help us. Fame and popularity will not suffice. Drugs are not the answer. Pornography will not help. Anger will only destroy and corrode. But watch this. Why do we do, and here's the bigger question. Why do we even put these things as God, so to speak, or idols as, this, as the throne? Why do we give them the seat of the throne of our heart? Listen to me now. Why do we even do that? Because I believe that we're putting that thing in its place because we're trying to be fulfilled in some type of way. I believe that we're looking for connection. Humanity was created to worship. Humanity was created for connection, specifically to Christ, who fulfills all things, who, 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 who will fulfill every longing of the heart and the soul. But there are some people watching online today. There are some people here today. And I'm so grateful that you're here because we're a church that is not perfect. We're in progress. We're making steps to the Lord Jesus Christ. And if you have weaknesses and if you have vices and if you have struggles in your life, then you're in the right place today. Come on, somebody, because the church is a hospital, not just a museum for the saints. And I don't know about you, but pastor, he is trying to get better, and I want to get better beside you. Come on, somebody. There's only one judge, and his name is Jesus Christ, and we look like petty judges when we try to judge. Come on, somebody. So when we put these things as in the throne of our heart, we're broken, and life don't make sense. I can't tell you that I have done these things. I have partied. I have smoked dope. I have been in relationships. And let me tell you, I still, like the scripture says, I still been left wanting and hurting and broken. But one day in my brokenness, I surrendered to Jesus Christ and he put me back together and I'm still on my way. I'm still being sanctified. Come on, somebody. That's why I think this church ought to grow because our message ought to be out there that if you're broken, this is the place for you to get healed and restored and reconciled because God has never been more in love with you. He's not mad at you. Come on, somebody, in Jesus' name. So if you know someone, look at all the seats around you. If you know someone who's on drugs, I've had people in my church who've been high, who I think have not listened to the message, but they got delivered and saved. Come on, somebody. I have people who have struggled with suicide and mental health. Come on, somebody, have been saved in Jesus' name. We're not a church for the perfect, but we're a church for the struggling who want to uh, uh, receive healing and recovery in the name of Jesus. And I believe we ought to start a recovery ministry. Come on, somebody, because there are all kinds of people who struggle. And this is precisely whom Jesus has come for. The struggling, the hurting, and the broken. The religious didn't like him. He was hanging around prostitutes, beggars, lepers, hurting and broken people. And the religious couldn't stand him because he was, 
he was so to speak defying them. But if you're watching online and you haven't made it here one day, I hope you do. And I hope to shake your hand because I want to see uh, how, what God is up to in your life. And I just want you to know that there is grace upon grace upon grace on your life. Let me tell you, there is no sin that you ever do or have ever done that will out God's grace. Come on. That is, the great, great, that is the power of God's almighty love. His blood covers it all. Pornography, sex, drugs, disease, everything in the name of Jesus. Come on, someone. You out there today. So what idol do you have in your heart? Let's be honest. We struggle. But watch this. I want you to choose Christ today and make him a continual choice in your life so that he can take that seat upon your heart and you, that you will have fulfillment in your life. I, I, made, I brought this because I wanted to explain this later, but I'm going to do it if that's okay with you. I brought my Darth Vader Lego. Come on, you give, give, my, give my Legos a clap. There you go. Yeah. Now we've seen life in the church. Now you love, come on somebody, all right. So what I do in my spare time online, yes, I'm a little bit of a nerd. I love sports and I love my Bible and I love my wife and my kids, all right. But just to, like, just to help my creativity, I went and bought Legos and Hope's like, you bought Legos? And you know what she says? She's like, I have Legos too. And I'm like, let's build together. So she has those big old kid blocks and I have my little ones. By the way, this is, seven, uh, this is 834 pieces, all right? There's a lot of pieces. I'm not done with this, or right? I'm about to show you. And if you're judging me and if you're really religious and like he watches Star Wars, there is an arc of redemption to this guy that I'm holding up. So y'all need to watch it, okay? Come on, someone, all right? This guy got redeemed by the power of Jesus. Uh, Obi-Wan Kenobi? No, I'm just kidding. All right. He looks like Jesus. But uh, I wanted to illustrate this for you. So it helps my creativity, and there's a lot of pieces to it. But uh, over the last month, I've been trying to build it, a month or so. And let me bring it out very carefully, because if this drops, I'm not going to try it again. No. <laughs> but I've been trying to build it. I don't know if the cameras can get it, but uh, I'll show you. I'll lift it up right now. I am, like, almost done. I'm so almost done with this thing. And you can make out his face, maybe his head, his features a little bit. And this is probably like 600 pieces. But one day I was trying to put another piece on it to try to get, complete, get it to be complete. And I discovered that I cannot go on trying to finish this product or this piece, this whole piece. Because somehow, this is the honest truth right now, I have misplaced a piece on this set so far. And I cannot continue on. Nothing else. I can, I can try to force it. Like I'm a little scared because if I force it, I'm going to destroy this thing, all right? Nothing will work. So I have to go back and figure out what piece I misplaced or what piece I put in the wrong way. So that's what really what happened. I put a piece on there that is not on the right way. I think with life, we often want it to make sense. We want God to do things with our life, but there's only a certain point that we're getting to in our life. And God is saying, just put me on the throne of your heart. Come on, somebody. And when you put me, the missing piece, into the right piece where it's meant to go, everything else will fall into place. Maybe right now you feel like life is falling apart. God, where are you? God, I need you. I don't even know you that well. And God, things are, not falling, things are falling apart. But God, but watch this. When you put God, Jesus Christ, in the right place in your heart, everything won't fall apart. It will fall into place. And right now you're trying to force life. You're trying to make the money. Right now you're trying to look good. You're trying to date, whatever it is. Maybe you're even smoking dope. Maybe the high that you're getting, is it, you, it's not even, you're, 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 it's, it's, 
it's not high enough so much, so, so to speak, all right? But watch this. Make Jesus Christ, uh, put him where he belongs, and everything else in your life will make sense. Come on, give the Lord a clap. Amen? All right, I'll, fi- I'll finish that later. No one better take that. That's stealing, all right? It's a little kid that walks away with it in church probably. <laughs> uh, I like Star Wars, but yeah. So what is occupying uh, the, what is, what, what, that's idolatry. Anything that occupies the first place in your heart is idolatry. But watch this. Don't, don't let the devil scare you because you're human and every person has always struggled with, the, with vices and weaknesses. But if we can only get a revelation of the love and mercy of Christ, that he died with arms wide open, bled out, spit on, beat in my place, that I can walk in his forgiveness and his mercy every day and realize who I am. I'm a son of God, and I'm fully forgiven past sins, present sins, and future sins, and I'm not going to nullify the grace of God or the cross. I'm going to walk in it. Come on, someone say amen. Whoever or whatever is in first place, if it isn't the Lord Jesus, one person said, it isn't the wrong place. I'm probably not going to get to all five, but I do really want to share this one, which I think is very beautiful. My fifth one is this, how you can be confident. I can be confident that when, God, when, uh, when I choose God, I made the best choice. Let me say that again. When I choose God, I make the greatest choice. Watch this now. And it's so beautiful and poetic in the Psalms. Look what he says. Lord, say Lord, Lord, you alone, say you alone, you alone online are my portion and my cup. You make my lot secure. The boundary lines have fallen for me, watch this, in pleasant places. I might preach on that alone because it's so beautiful. Surely I have a delightful inheritance. I will praise the Lord who counsels me. What David is talking about, what he's he talking about, I don't understand this, Pastor Michael. Look what David is talking about. He's talking about geography. And what he's talking about is what we understand in the Levitical priesthood. Watch this. You remember when the Israelites left uh, the Exodus, when they left Egypt, God had promised them a promised land. And when they entered the promised land, there were geographic uh, boundary lines and sections for each tribe. Remember, there was Gad. That's my son, Caleb. We love you, son. Let's go. All right. There was Simeon. There were the 12 tribes. And each tribe had their own lot. They had their own portion. You guys remember that? All right. There was Judah. There was, there, there was Gilead. All right. There was Benjamin. But watch that. This is also another tribe called the Levites. Say Levites. And the Levites, the Bible says this, you have no portion in the land. What? What do you mean? I, I don't get no piece of land? Look at what God says. No, you don't get no land. You get me. Oh, come on, somebody. You all right? They got the better deal because watch this. While the other Israelites, they got some, they got some dirt. Watch this. The Levites, the, the priests, so to speak, they inherited God himself. And what David is saying, you can have your land. You can have your geography. You can have all of that. But God, you yourself are my portion. And I know that my life is blessed when you are my first choice and I choose you every day, single day. I know that I've made the best choice. Come on, buddy. I don't know about you, but life can be like a, like a, like a uh, uh, what is it called? A, a cheesecake factory menu, menu. Come on, somebody. How many like cheesecake factory? Oh, I love it. And then it's like you look at the menu and it's just like, which one should I get? There's so many. 
right? Get the chicken piccata. It's really good, all right? You, uh, when I, it's like, whoa. And, you know, you have a friend, Karina, it's like, just get that one. And she says that, just get that one because she wants that one. That's what, that's the whole, and it, <laughs> I want some of that too, all right? So I go ahead and get it. Uh, but, but in life, let's be honest. Let's be honest with ourselves. Let's be real. I'm not going to be the preacher like, oh, you don't choose God and we'll condemn you. No, no, but watch this. Let's be honest. Isn't there so many choices in life? Isn't there so many things that we can prioritize and we do in our life? Well, God, let me tell you, God don't just want to be an accessory in your life. He don't want to just be a backpack and go wherever you go. He wants you to be the backpack and you go where he goes. Come on, somebody. He don't want to be an accessory. And watch this. If we make him an accessory in our life, you're going to barely get the benefits. But if you make him everything in your life, like David says, you are my portion and you are my cup. And with you, watch this, because when I make God my first choice and he's the best choice, watch this. I have everything I could ever want and more. Let me tell somebody, at the age of 21, when I used to go to Faith Community Church, I, with my father who was recovering from uh, heroin, I was sitting at the very back because the sinners are way in the back. I love you. I'm coming for you. All right? They're sitting at the back, all right? And me and my dad, we, we one day heard this beautiful, <laughs> someone's like, yeah, I'll come for you. That's Pastor Martin. Bad sinner, no. Great saints. Uh, we heard this beautiful message, and we heard this beautiful singer, and man, we were so touched. And we, uh, I remember, I, I can't remember if it was him uh, as well, but I know that it felt like the longest walk in my life. The pastor said, today's the day, and you're the person. You make the change, your choice, and God will make the change. And I remember I walked all the way to the front. It felt like two football fields with everyone watching me. It was the best choice that I had ever made in my whole entire life. Let me tell you, because when I chose Jesus, I chose life. When I chose Jesus, I found my wife. That person that was singing became my wife. Come on, somebody. The best choice. Let's go. She's the prettiest woman in the, in the building. <laughs> there you go. When I chose God, things started to fall in its place. I want to encourage someone this summer, if you don't hear anything, if you don't hear anything, hear this. I challenge you and I want to inspire you. Come to church every Sunday and see that you will not have a blessed life. Come on, somebody. When you make God your first choice and not just choose him on Sunday mornings, but choose him on Monday mornings as well. When you go back to that office and when you go back to the workplace. Come on, somebody. Make God your first love. And let me tell you, your life will see new horizons. You will go new places. You will meet new people. God will promote you. You will see blessing like a never seen blessing before in your life. Look what the Passion Translation says. Yahweh, you alone are my inheritance. You are my prize, my pleasure, and my portion. You hold my destiny. Watch this. And it's timing in your hands. Your pleasant path or boundary lines leads me to pleasant places. I'm overwhelmed by the privileges that come with following you. The message says, my choice is you, God, first and only. And now I find I'm your choice. Isn't that funny? When you choose God, you realize how much he chooses you back, so to speak. And now I find I'm your choice. You set me up with a house and yard, and then you made me your heir. So the Levites and David, so to speak, they got the best choice because they got God. And watch this now move to the New Testament. We don't just have like the Israelites, a promised land, so to speak, Christ himself is our very promise. 
he, he is the land of promise, so to speak. We have an inheritance that is for all of eternity. Come on, I don't know about you, but, but just the last few years following Christ, I feel so blessed because I have Christ. Watch this. And when I have Christ, I have peace. I have joy. I have every blessing in the heavenlies. Come on, someone. Any of you know that you have those things as well. So I can be confident. Watch this. Let me go back over it again. That God was my protector and he's going to keep me safe. Number two, I can be confident that God is in my life because there is good in my life. Come on, somebody say amen. You ought to declare that. Maybe have a gratitude journal. Open up and start just maybe practicing gratitude. God, there is good in my life. You are up to good in my life. And even if I don't see it, I will see it soon. Come on, someone. Number three, I can be confident that if other gods occupy the throne of my heart, I will be left wanting hurting and empty but if I put Christ on the throne of my life everything will fall into its place and number four I can be confident that God when I choose him he is the best choice that I will ever make thank you so much for tuning in to today's message our mission as a church is choosing Jesus chasing freedom discovering our gifts and serving Jesus I have a question for you what is your next step with Christ Take your next step today by visiting thecallingla.com. If today's message touched you, we'd love to partner with you in sharing the hope and the message of Christ. So visit thecallingla.com slash give.